and welcome back to Divine Life Dialogues with Reverend Dr. Autumn Renee Allen and Reverend Michael Scott Allen, MD. And thanks for being here. Um, we are going to continue our conversation because this is the season of Lent for many Christian faiths, uh, talking about what resurrection is. And we talked a little bit about it last time, but I want to focus on Jesus of Nazareth and his path towards resurrection. Resurrection, uh, when you look up the etymology of the word, it's from a Latin word, uh, surrect. And that's the, the root word, that resurrection, you can recognize that R-E, means a return to that, but it means to get up. And what is interesting is how many spiritual traditions say that we're just asleep, just wake up. <laughs> so, but let's talk a little bit about Jesus um, and his ministry, because it's viewed as a blueprint um, for people seeking to live a meaningful and purposeful life which includes us. And so if his life is a blueprint, then maybe we need to stop and look at the high points, you know, the points along the path that and his experiences and how those affect us. And should we expect to have those similar experiences ourselves? Because I think we do. So, he was baptized when he first decided to reveal to the world who he was, and he knew that it was his time to contribute to the world. He was baptized by John the Baptist, symbolizing his commitment to God. You know, there's all these theologians that you know, why did he do that when he was the son of God, you know, and so on and so forth. But that was showing us that he had a commitment to God and to deliver the mission that he had been given by God. And I think that there does come a point in our own spiritual path where we make that same kind of commitment we don't know what our mission is, but we still make the commitment. Is that true for you, Dr. Ellen? I know it is for me. Yes, it is. I had several. <laughs> there I, was a, a cough there. Okay. I mean, I had several things. I got baptized as a child, and then I, at 12 years old, there was a God and country thing where you commit to God and your country and got baptized again. And then when I became a minister, I took an oath of the rose and to serve God. But I, I, it's just for lately that I've been all in. I really was always holding back a little bit. So here I am, 67 years old, and I'm just now sort of going all in. Dragging along. <laughs> now, is that, that probably is typical, though, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. And it's because, why, why, do you, why is it that we, that we kind of resist, you know, I think it's because we don't know what our mission is. It's not clear to us. 
we haven't we don't have clear communication so we don't know what it is that our next step is or the content of our mission and so on and so forth and i know in my case i feel like god was spending 20 years getting me ready for the mission i had to make the commitment first and then 20 years was spent getting me ready to actually step into the mission. And maybe that's what went on with Jesus. Um, Because after his baptism, this is the part I'm talking about, the readiness, he was tempted. He was tempted in the wilderness, and it taught him the importance of staying true to God's will. Isn't that what we're all doing? We're all trying to stay true to God's will. But we have all these temptations in life, in the world, and so on, that take us in other directions, distract us, you know, to to move down another path. And we waste time. You know, have you noticed how much those are time wasters? If only we could have those years back, you know? (laughs) But then he begins, in spite of, you know, he he overcomes the temptations, he solidifies his commitment to the will of God, which is what each of us have to do, and then he starts his teaching, his ministry, and he starts teaching people about God's love and teaching them how to live a righteous life. Now, we can talk about what a righteous life is. We call it a divine life. The Bible calls it a righteous life. Um, And we will be talking about that in Divine Life Dialogues. But in the process of his teaching, what happens? He starts performing miracles. Now, what do you think a miracle is, Dr. Ellen? I mean, you have been... You have been in the delivery room. You've been the doctor on the receiving of the birth of, a, of an infant. And that really has got to be an experience of the miracle. Yeah, I've experienced lots of miracles in my life. And um, it wasn't until I started studying the Course in Miracles two and a half years ago that I kind of understand what was going on a little better. But... Um, in the Course in Miracles, it says that both the miracle worker and the miracle recipient are taken out of time, and they're both healed. Their their mind is healed, and so they make quantum leaps in the advancement of their spiritual development, and then they're put back in they're inserted back in time space, and there's no order of magnitude to a miracle because it's all just this is all a hologram. People, I want you to hear this. <clears throat> Repeat that whole scenario, please, of what you understand that A Course in Miracles is teaching as the miracle, taking us out of time. And putting us, then the miracle happens where the Holy Spirit knows what needs to change in our mental, in our mind. So the Holy Spirit does that, changes it, and then you're put back in time. And the hologram changes because the glitch in your mind has shown up as a glitch in your physical body. Now, let me stop you there. Folks, do you realize that that is the key to health right there? 
That is the key to our wholeness, the key to our health. Jesus says that if you would, but you know, get your mind right, <laughs> like, like that's from a famous movie. Luke, get your mind right anyway. That's, but um, once you correct your mind, you would be healed in an instant. And you have to have a desire to be healed because your ego wants you to be punished due to sickness, aging, and death march. But your ego thinks you're guilty. So that's part of your correction is to know that you are sinless, you are guiltless, you are whole, you are innocent. And so what, when you're talking about ego, aren't you talking about this time of temptation that Jesus went through? Yeah. Isn't that what the ego's job is? So yeah, to speak. Yeah, the ego sort of aligned with Satan with it. Trying, <laughs> I mean, if, you know. What the ego is Satan? Maybe <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're either all in or you're you're not all in, you know. And so, the ego likes to play with all the, you know, all the stuff, sex and drugs and all this stuff, trying to find satisfaction where there's no satisfaction unless you know, other than God and God's love and God's truth. Okay, so the miracles that Jesus performed, such as healing the sick and feeding the hungry, these were for the purpose of demonstrating God's love and God's power. The power of God to take you out of time, heal your etheric blueprint, you know, we have healers talk about the etheric blueprint, to change, make changes in the etheric blueprint, put you back in time for you to move along. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. Okay, so the miracles, and that is, that, that is the purpose of A Course in Miracles, isn't it? He wants to create miracle workers. That was why this information was yeah. channeled, to psychologists, folks. Okay. Okay. We'll go into that another time. Okay. So after the miracles, then he, he was, um, this is where he, he made the sacrifice where he was crucified. And you'll notice here, he didn't defend himself. Jesus didn't defend himself to the quote courts, courts of the world. The rulers of the world, he did not defend himself. They say, you know, you're claiming to be God. And he says, no, you say I'm God. Even though he knew. Even though he knew. Now, so he was willing to use his physical body to demonstrate to the world what real existence is. And that death can be overcome. I mean, they freed us, they freed a thief, okay? Barabbas. Think about that story. I mean, Think about the unreality of this going on. You're a fly over here watching this whole... And you've seen the movies. I know you've seen the movies. They've done a marvelous job. You know, the, the activists are worked up. They want Barabbas. They don't want this preacher. 
And what's going on right now in our society is scary, isn't it? I mean, if you can't see the corollary here going on out in our culture and being broadcast by news media, there's something wrong with you. You're not paying attention. Okay, but he was willing to make the sacrifice for the greater good. So he is crucified. His, his body is crucified. His body is crucified, exactly, exactly. And that's one of the Course in Miracles says, you're, you're not your body, you are free, for you are still as God created thee. And so that tells you he has created your spirit. You created the body. Isn't that why we have ill health? Because we have miscreated in the body? It's, is it the mind that is miscreating? Okay, I'm sidetracking. i got to catch myself here. Okay, I'm sidetracking. That's a divine life health conversation. Okay, so let's talk about the resurrection then. So the women go to the tomb where Jesus is buried, and there's nothing there. And an angel says, go tell your people that he is risen. And then there's the story of the woman walking along the path, and she thinks she's talking to a gardener, and she doesn't know it's Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. I mean, these stories are powerful. They are very powerful. What he was trying to show her is that I am in you and I am in everyone, which he, he had been trying to teach them. Okay? And he's still trying to teach us. Yeah, in the Gospel of John, it's like a, it's, he's describing a holographic reality where I am in God and God is in me and I am in you and you are, you are in me. It's all a hologram. And there's just one son of God and we are at the sunship. You know, we're, we're the sunship. Yeah. And that, yeah. Okay, so, so the question always comes up in terms of was there an actual physical resurrection? Now, I want to remind you that Course in Miracles really is a course to change our thinking. And the reason it's to change our thinking is because it is our mind that does the creating in this world of illusions. Okay? Now, we can go through the theories of reality, and we're always going to come back to the same place, in my opinion. We don't know. <laughs> okay? So, A Course in Miracles really is talking about um, showing how, showing us how to think sanely. Okay, remember, he was talking to a uh, self-proclaimed uh, militant atheist, right? Yeah, he was a, a, she was a medical psychologist at a prestigious medical school in New York, Columbia, New York. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Helen Shuckman. Now, but in here also, in the course, he is talking about the nature of reality, only it's not the reality. He's talking about 
what what uh, spiritual folks talk about is as eternity. And he's saying that is your reality. You're in a fog. <laughs> you, are, you are in an illusion. It's a self-created fog that you are existing in. Like we've created, we made a dream, you know, or something. We've made a dream, we're yeah, like exactly. The, the sons of God are dreaming. Yeah, we're just in a dream. You know what it feels like when you are so tired and you can't pull yourself out of the dream, right? Yeah. Okay. So, was there a physical resurrection? Well, here's his response in A Course in Miracles. My body disappeared because I had no illusion about it. I mean, that says it all right there. The last one had gone. It was laid in the tomb, but there was nothing left to bury it. It did not disintegrate because the unreal cannot die. <laughs> if you really think about your body being an illusion and the quantum physicists tell us we're just all light, you can agree with exactly what's being said here. It merely became what it always was. He's talking about the body. It merely became what it always was. And that is what, quote, rolling the stone away means. The body disappears and it no longer hides what lies beyond. It merely ceases to interfere with vision. Ooh, folks, that's powerful right there. To roll the stone away is to see beyond the tomb, beyond death, and to understand the body's nothingness. What is understood as nothing must disappear. So that is a dramatic departure from the traditional view. He's saying in describing this, that's exactly what will happen to us. So the facts, the facts are sort of the same, but the interpretation is much different. He gives, the interpretation he gives is much different because he's saying that his body was an illusion. and it dis When he realized it was an illusion and death wasn't real, the body wasn't real, it disappeared. Traditionally, people think that he's in heaven with this body that looks like he's a golden being and all this stuff, but he, he's saying that there's no real body, you know. Exactly. Okay. So. so, when Jesus likens the disappearance of the body to the rolling away of the stone, he's saying that the body is the stone that shuts the mind in its tomb. Now think about that. You know, we come into this body, we focus on building the body, we focus on, on maintaining the body, we focus on serving the body. And when the body doesn't serve us the way we like it, we get angry. We, of course, associate the body with light, but there's actually... But here is the actual association with death. Do you see that? The death is of the body. The body just disappears. Jesus goes further to say, because people go, you know, well, but then how did he appear to, to people after, after the, the ascension? 
He says, I did assume a human form with human attributes afterwards to speak to those who were to prove the body's worthlessness to the world. This has been much understood. I came to tell them that death is illusion. Remember our opening thing. The death march or the march to eternal life. This is the march to eternal life here, folks. I came to tell them that death is an illusion and the mind that made the body can make another sense form itself is an illusion. They did not understand. But now I talk to you and give you the same message. The death of an illusion means nothing. It disappears when you, when you awaken and decide to dream no more. And you still do have the power to make this decision as I did. Wow. What he is saying here is that we have the power to pull ourselves out of the dream and ascend to eternal life or awaken to eternal life because the stone has been rolled away from our minds and we can see the truth. We have the vision of God. It's amazing. He gives a great description in there that as you realize the truth that sets you free, all the your mental thing, thinking I am this body, all this stuff disappears, and it's like you're walking down with fog, and it gets brighter and brighter, and all of a sudden you're in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And that's what's, you know, other people call it enlightenment or awakening. Um, you know, the, when Buddha was walking around, he, people would come to him and say, "Are you a god?" Because he was, they could tell he was different. Are you a god? And are you? Are you an alien and all this stuff? And he goes, no, I am one who's awake. And the implication is that most humans are asleep because they're imprisoned by their thoughts and thinking that they're a body and all this stuff. So join us now and say a prayer during this Lenten season that together, all of those that we know and love, all of those whose lives we touch, that we speak, that we see that we know all of our brothers and sisters together we ask God Almighty and Jesus Christ to guide our thoughts and our hearts to guide our minds to help them see their way out of the tomb to help them awaken to show them the steps that they need to take to make eternal life theirs. It's there for the asking. And in Jesus' name, we ask this to be so. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can uh, listen to our podcasts on our website, https dot allianceofdivinelife.com and also on our podcast 
Divine Life Dialogues on YouTube, as well as other podcast channels. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. We look forward to your comments, and we bid you adieu.